This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. On Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man. There is so much going on in the world of the NFL coaching carousel including Pete Carroll, who addressed the media today. We'll let you hear a little bit of what he had to say coming up a little bit later on. But let's look at the pros and cons of this job. We're talking about our head coaching job. And right now uh, we are awaiting as we speak over the next few days to see who the Falcons are going to request to potentially interview. Um, and you'll see a variety of guys. I mean, you'll see guys that you go, he doesn't deserve the job. Why are they interviewing him? Two guys that you go, I'd love to have him. That's just a part of this. Mm-hmm. But, Mike, the, the, the pros of this job are easy, right? It's Chris Lindstrom. It's Jesse Bates. And, by the way, Jesse, congratulations. All pro, the only selection from our Atlanta Falcons, and rightfully so. It's Bijan. It's Drake. It's Kyle Pitts. It's the flexibility with $40 million in cap space. I will also tell you, we just had a conversation off the air. Um, pro Football Focus puts out their rankings. Best offensive lines, blah, blah, blah. And you go through the season, and they're ranking all of these guys, and they're looking at these lines in their totality of what they did for the season. You guys realize, at least according to them, we had the fourth best offensive line in the NFL? Mike, which tells me, again, this is another pro, but, man, why didn't we do more if the old line was that good? Yeah, and this also goes back to why Arthur Smith didn't just run the damn ball more. You know, and whether Bijan hit a rookie wall of some sort midseason because of the usage rate and they had to sort of adjust that, you still had Tyler Algier, you know, and Cordero Patterson, who I know was banged up at times, and they kind of overlap. When one wasn't healthier, one was ready to go. If Bijan, in fact, did hit a rookie wall, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him in the next couple of weeks. But if you want to not go with the PFF numbers, because sometimes those are a bit abstract to try to grab, last year were the third best team, Falcons' third best team running the football. This year we fell to ninth. With the addition of B. John Robinson. How, Sway? Exactly, because Arthur Smith made this stuff too, like I know you may be listening, made this stuff too complicated. Ritter is a game manager at best. We came out trying to throw the football against the Lions and the Jaguars, things like that. Made no sense. So we went from third to ninth in rushing while the PFF nerds say we're actually the fourth best offensive line based on their performance metrics. How, Sway? And I do believe this, by the way. The Lions, in my opinion, have the best offensive line in the league. Eagles are a close second. Their rankings have the Eagles first. Uh, who was third, Turtle, by the way? The Colts. Did you see the way they ran the football the other night? 
Yep. I mean, this is why everybody was talking about Jonathan getting his contract and the Colts having that dynamic running game with him and Anthony Richardson. Point is, we had one of the best offensive lines, according to the metrics, in the NFL. And we didn't capitalize on it. But if you are a coach that's looking at this job, Mike, and we're talking about the pros and cons, how can you not look at this and go, that is right. a plus? I got an offensive line. And you may still want to maybe talk to your GM and maybe upgrade Dahlman. I think Dahlman was some guy who came up in conversation. Some Who of did you efforts. say talk to? Well, your personnel manager, maybe a silent partner, the oh, guy we don't oh, yeah. get to oh, see much, oh. general manager, okay, okay. but maybe or whatever. But no, that's that's those are great numbers. And you've got What's Dijon. His name? his name is Terry Fontenot. Oh, oh okay. The okay. T is silent at the end. Um, but no, you've got a, you got a bunch of guys who can run the football. You got Algier. Where's he Dijon. at? By the way, he is back at the office. He well, he couldn't make it to Buckhead. Oh, okay. So he's okay. back at the office right now. All right, go ahead. But no, man, you got running backs. You got wide receivers. You got now. Where it gets interesting is the tight end. And this is another piece of the conversation. Today on social media, on, on his Instagram, Kyle Pitts went on to let you know as a fan that in addition to his MCL, he had PCL surgery. So that's one more L in that knee than we were aware of. Does that change your vibe about him at all with the fact that a fourth overall pick has six touchdowns in his entire career here as a Falcon? Do you give him some more slack that there was actually two elements of the knee that were being worked on? Well, we knew, I say we as in we tried to tell you guys that he was not 100%. We didn't know this. All right? So when he posts this on social media, Mike, that all 17 games post MCL, PCL surgery, uh, we've we taken that as a win. And then I had my beautiful son. He's talking about the birth of his child, and that is beautiful. And then he says to all my brothers, his teammates, love y'all. We went through our fair share of stressors but stood tall for each other. Year four is going to be prolific. Boy, I hope so. Do I give him a pass? Do I give him some leeway? This is why I think Arthur Smith tried to protect him a little bit, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't like it. But we didn't quite understand what it was because we were like, what's the deal? This is what Arthur knew, and we didn't. And so, yeah, I think we have to because this is why I think part of the reason, not all of it, um, is is he wasn't as productive. But I got to say this, too, about Kyle Pitts, all right? Now that you've talked about this and you brought this up, Stukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I need him to be more of a dog. When he does have these opportunities to catch the football, to make a difference, I need him to be more of a dog, Mike. And if you're going to tell me that the health and the MCL and the PCL were a part of not doing that, then I need to see that next year in year four. Look, you took this guy fourth overall, best athlete available. And, like, it's, it's not – first off, let's just get to the fact. It's not his fault that uh, Fontenot slash Arthur Smith – maybe Arthur Smith had more to do with this – drafted this guy when we needed a quarterback or an edge rusher. Not his fault. But the thing is, availability and ability, we talked about that last hour. When you measure somebody, like, for instance, Dante Fowler was a third overall pick. He's a bust because he couldn't stay healthy. And the only good season he has was next to Aaron Donald. Yep. So this guy was drafted with the expectations from almost every fan that you and I know to be the red zone solution to mm. the Falcons' red zone woes. And he's accounted for six touchdowns. Now, the, the, making the Pro Bowl in year one in 1,000 yards, we're not sneezing at that by any stretch. But he needs to be a bigger weapon in the red zone. He can't throw the ball to himself when there's ridiculous play calls where he's asked to block. So one of the tight ends throws to the third string tight end. Again, it's not on him. But if you are on the field, guys, and this is something any coach will tell you, if you're able to make make the game and you're not on the injury injury report, you're expected to contribute. And that's do you you talk about the dog thing? The the, the the blocking was not great. That's why I kept telling Arthur, maybe don't ask him to block if he can't do it. Some of those plays, the route running, the catches. Look, he saved some some cheese for Ritter and Heineke by making some great uh, catches behind, reaching behind his back. We know that. But 
at the end of the day, he has not even come close to meeting expectations. So, so for guys that get in their bag when we call this guy a bust, six touchdowns in three years for the fourth overall pick, that's a bust. Uh, he was 10th in yards for tight ends, if you're curious. 57th overall in yards when you're talking about receiving yards this season across the board. That ain't it. Sorry. That ain't it. So, I get it. I'll take his positive energy and, and put out there and, and talk about where he was and, and being positive that, hey, I made it through a 17-game season coming off this injury. Uh, maybe it was a more mental thing for him than others, but we need more. And whoever gets this job, getting back to the pros and cons of this job, we need more out of this guy. Here's the cons, and it's plain and simple, guys. It's Dukes and Bell of Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We have a quarterback. That's the con. If you're any coach that is thinking about coming here, and I don't know what the sell job is going to be, the sell job as far as all these other things we just talked about, but the one con, Mike, is we don't have a quarterback. And you've right. got to figure that out. Well, I mean, and this is why, guys, we just told you last hour, don't hold your breath because the, the NFL has added some more rules and more lag time into the hiring of coaches. They don't want to steal guys and pilfer guys off staffs that are in the playoffs and have to you know, go through that interview process. So it's going to take a minute, you know. But I do know this. There are a couple of coaches, the young up-and-comers, the Frank Smith of Miami, the Ben Johnson we spoke about earlier with Mark, uh, Matt Verderam from SI. That I got no problem with those guys as young up-and-comers. I would still like to have a, a staff as coach. Probably not going to get Vrabel because he's not going to you know, come over here while the body's still warm of Arthur Smith, right? That's his boy. No. So that's probably not likely. I have no interest in Belichick, and I'm begging Arthur Blank, if he's listening, or if one of his minions are, please don't do this. You don't want a guy at this stage who can't draft. And you're telling me Belichick's going to cede personnel control to Terry Fontenot? Well, we're going to talk about this because it's something we've been discussing all day, and we'll talk about why we're going to get into this, okay, about Belichick because there's some smoke here. There just is. And, and where there's smoke, there's usually fire. I don't know if the ultimate decision is going to be that, but we're going to dive into that coming up here on the show. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Hey, follow us. Uh, he's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at Put Him Up. See Dukes and this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. And also follow the radio station and stay up on everything in the world of sports. We have our road to the big game as we now start to count down to the Super Bowl. All right. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the games coming up this weekend. We'll continue to do that throughout the course of the show. And not, th- not only that, but the next few days as well. There is a potential bombshell in the world of college football, but we're efforting to get two confirmations on this. There is one report out there that Nick Saban's going to retire. All right. Let's get to it uh, because, uh, by the way, this is, again, needing to be confirmed, okay? We need to confirm for sure, but that is the report that is out there before we jump all over this right. uh, and go crazy. But I'm a little shocked if, in fact, it's true, okay? Let's do some checking. We're going to come back. You just heard it. Being reported initially by Chris Lowe, senior writer for ESPN. All right, we're coming back. Boy, what a crazy – didn't I tell you you need to be here? Did I not tell you you need to be here every day, every News hour? breaks. We got the pieces for you right here, baby. All right, we're coming back. Nick Saban apparently is retiring. We're going to double-check, make sure that these sources are correct. We're going to come back and talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Michigan. I'm sure Dave's praying that Jim Harbaugh will return to the NFL. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 92.9 The Game, breaking news. Breaking news on 92.9 The Game is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Various reports have confirmed Nick Saban is retiring. Chris Lowe from ESPN had it first. Our buddy Bruce Feldman, who's joined us numerous times through the course of the college football season, also reporting two credible guys. And Nick Saban won six national titles as the head football coach of Alabama. This is huge news because Mike and I have been talking about this for the last few years, jokingly, jokingly saying for Alabama fans, when Saban retires, what are you going to do? Well, Apparently, Mike, that day has come. Yeah, and we always felt, I used to say to you, you know, they can have my whistle when they pry for my cold, numb fingers if you're Nick Saban, but uh, life after football for him. And, uh, I, I mean, you know, for years, we were just talking during the break that, you know, it seemed like especially with the 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 way that uh, Clemson just rose to prominence and was able to beat Alabama, that Dabo Sweeney would be the guy that would they'd be the first guy they'd throw some money at or at least make the phone call to. Although Dabo's brand has you know, kind of hit some bumps in the road the last few years, too, losing uh, assistance that he hasn't been able to get it back to that same level. But, uh, man, uh, it's amazing. Would they, will they stay in the Alabama family? Because remember, after, after Bear Bryant passed away for years, you had to have a tie like to Bear Bryant for so many years, and then eventually they decided to go off the reservation and, and go get Nick Saban. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Again, Nick Saban retiring. We are going to talk to Mike Johnson, who played for Nick Saban, was an All-American offensive lineman at Alabama. He is now part of our morning shift. Uh, he is going to join us here in less than 10 minutes. We are going to chase down our buddy Rusty Menzel. Um, and again, when you talk about the SEC and the changing face of the SEC and what Alabama has meant, and again, guys, he's got a top five team coming back next season. Right. This, I don't think this has anything to do with the team. This is just a personal decision. And I'll say this, and I know, Oren, you want to jump in here. Um, and we certainly want to know what you think at 404-726-0929. I said to Mike, and I'm not going to decide for anybody. I don't want anybody to tell me at 71 or 72, God willing, if I'm still able to do whatever I want to do, that it's time to go. But this is what Belichick should be doing. This is what Belichick should be doing. You've won. You've, you've done something that no other coach in NFL history has done. And I get it. Mike said he wants the Shula record. And if that's the reason why he still wants to coach and he's not in this to come and help change a franchise, as we were talking about the potential of him coming here, then I don't want it. Right. I, I don't want I, – th- this is a, 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 a obviously a very conscious and personal decision for Nick Saban and Miss Terry, his beautiful wife, that, hey, we did this, and we did it better than anybody, and now it's time to go. And sometimes you got to make that decision. So 
I just want to say, like, I see this, and I think it's beautiful for Nick Saban. I love Saban from the standpoint of he's fun, he gets it, and he is entertaining to cover. But there's a time to go, man, and, and he's got beautiful grandchildren. Mike, I love the fact that he's stepping away while he still has his health. All the things that you wish and hope for anybody that you go, you had an unbelievable career, and now I'm out. I'm going to go enjoy my, the, the rest of my life, whatever that may be. Big O, I want, you want to add something? Yeah, I know they're going to pull from a different sort of candidate pool there, but I asked Chris this just a second ago. Is this job opening more important than any NFL opening job right now? Like in terms of we've got the seven NFL jobs. This is like number eight, I guess, in terms of just head coaching jobs that are open. But I feel like he mentioned the Raiders. I don't know if there's an NFL job right now that has more importance than this Alabama job opening right now. Well, it's, it's the iconic job. It's the job that it's the team that's been the gold standard. You know, he put six national championships together, seven if you count his time at LSU. And, uh, you know, for my money, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. And I think you look at the context of the major football factories today, Carl, versus what Bear Bryant went up against and different, you know, different ways to get in the playoffs. And, yeah, there was an alphabet soup of, like, AP and, you know, UPI and all that back in the old days. But I don't know any college football fan who wouldn't say that Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. The way he built that machine, Kirby then exports that machine here to Georgia. You know, his guys have done pretty well for themselves. I just think when you look at all the teams in the NFL, you're right. There's nothing that's as big right now as Alabama and the list of coaches. And, again, Pete Thamel's got a short list out there. And some of the usual suspects, we talked about Dabo Sweeney. I know that Dan Lanning's name has already been mentioned. I mean, I presume that, Carl, they go outside of the family of Alabama. We just discussed that. Uh, I know that uh, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Norvell, all the guys that have done something recently will be in that mix. James Franklin, too. I mean, like, come on. I, I know, yeah. but here's the deal. I think Bama fans would like to see Lane Kiffin back there before they like to see James Franklin. It, it's Alabama. Costs will not be an issue. All these guys that you're talking about, Mike, have big buyouts. Who cares? You are still atop the college football uh, pecking order when you start talking about top programs. And you don't want to slide. So if you're telling me they don't have or won't have the money to go buy out, you know, Lanning or Sweeney or whoever, they, whoever it is that they ultimately go with, I don't buy that. I think they've got to, they'll do whatever it takes right. to make that move. Well, I mean, part of the reason Alabama got back to being Alabama was after all those years of kind of in the weeds, you know, Mal Moore would not take no for an answer from Nick Saban. Randy right. Max talked about him. You know, he was down there playing for Nick Saban in Miami. And, you know, and again, the pro thing has nothing to do with the college career. Nick Saban, you know, he, he tried it, went 500, goes back to college. Mal Moore would not take no. The rest is history. Dabo, I think there's a lot of folks out there in Alabama would say, is Dabo the right fit? Do you have to go to with a guy that has a tie to it? He had to play there. As I said, Carl, they kind of learned their lesson with some of that stuff with guys like Mike Shula, who did okay, but you were never at the national championship level trying to find a disciple of Bear Bryant. You're just joining us. Nick Saban retiring. Uh, Other than Gene Stallings, of course. Correct. Yeah, he won a total of seven national titles, obviously the one with LSU, six at Alabama. Um, It's not even close when we start talking about the greatest college football coach ever because of the things that he had to deal with, and certainly how college football has changed. And, Mike, I wonder when when this is all said and done, and he'll talk about it, how how much – the, the, the changing face of college football and how much that played into this, or was it just time? We are now joined by Rusty Manziel. Uh, Rusty, of course, uh, co-owner, publisher, Dogs HQ, and on three. He covers college football. He's here on the Steakhouse with us, very connected. And, Rusty, this news, I think, is, is shocked the college football world today as Nick Saban is stepping away. I just want to get first your initial thoughts. You know, until you read it, you're like, did that really just happen? 
And uh, I'm sitting here about to go to the Hawks game. I'm downtown Atlanta and, you know, having a beverage. And I felt like my phone looked like Fred Sanford. Like it was about to just fall off the table. You know, it went into shock. And, and uh, you know, sooner or later this was going to happen. And I, and, and I knew it was one way or the other it was going to be his turn. Uh, I believe from what I understand, they thought they were having a team meeting today, which is normal. You have a team meeting as as it uh, as you start winter workouts, and uh, those kids walked in. They were informed by him, and he controlled it. You know, he controlled the narrative, but that thing didn't leak until right as he walked in that room and told that team he was leaving, so he was retiring. But uh, you know, it's just crazy to to uh, to really sit here and grab the, the, the scope of that that Nick Saban is no longer the coach of Alabama. I mean, he would never go to the NFL again, just to t- take no, that rumor no. out of the way, right? So who would no, be who no. would be the guy? We were just as you were on hold, Rusty. We were just talking about how yeah. you know for almost two decades you had to have a tear a, a, a tie to Bear Bryant until eventually Mal Moore got Nick Saban sure. to come there. Well, obviously, just quick thoughts. I think Dan Lanning is going to be the guy that I that I think he's got connections. He was at Alabama, you know, he's got connections to the South uh, down here. He's been at Georgia, obviously for money. Phil Knight can, can match and beat anybody. But here's the thing. At Alabama, you can get in a car, and within a four-hour radius, you can sign about 70% of your team. At Oregon, you have to get on a plane to go get every single player. They only put out, put out about four or five players a year in that state. So, you know, it's you're tucked away up there. It's a great program. They're about to go into a new conference. There's two things with this, guys. Alabama is, is maybe the top job in the country. If not, it's uh, it's one of the top two or three. You can pick whatever you want to do. But here's the thing: who do you, who wants to follow Nick Saban? That's going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to really to really jump in that ring and say, hell yes, I want to follow Nick Saban, the greatest right. coach in the history of college football. That that's another factor in this because you know this guy, what he's done and, and the precedent he set and how he's went about things in Alabama and how successful he's been. So there's a lot of variables to this, but don't beat around the bush. This mm. is. This is maybe the premier program, and, 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 you know, with Georgia and Ohio State and some of these schools. So you're interested in how quick, but if you're asking me just off the hoof, I, Dan Lang is definitely going to be reached out to. There's no question. He's also a Jimmy Sexton, uh, you know, client. So Jimmy Sexton has Nick Saban. You think he has everybody. But uh, as far as my question on Nick Saban, he's done. I mean, Nick Saban bought an $18 million house in Florida back in the fall. Uh, you know, from my understanding, I think he owns about 10 Mercedes dealerships, and those things are doing well. And, <laughs> you know, it's time for a man to go play some golf. Right on. Yeah, we were saying this. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him from the standpoint that he's healthy and he's able to enjoy, you know, his life and his grandkids and all sure. the things that from that standpoint. Yep. But this is a huge deal for the SEC. We already Massive. think – Rusty and Rusty Menzel joining us, guys. Again, co-owner, publisher of Dog HQ, uh, On3 Network, covers high school and, and college football. He's on with the Steakhouse. But we already think Georgia has took that shift, right, and they are the premier program. But for what Nick Saban has meant to college football, just for a second, let's just reflect on that. Mike Johnson's going to join us here coming up, by the way. He played for Nick sure. as an All-American offensive lineman. What he, what he means for college football. What he means for Georgia because the, the 10 years he spent with Kirby Smart. Right. And, you know, we're going to have Kirby Smart on our show on the Steakhouse tomorrow morning, and I think it would be the first interview he's done. And I guarantee you, without even knowing what he's going to say, you know, how the input and, and what he learned from Nick Saban and all these coaches that's come out of his coaching tree and, and, and what he's done. So, yeah, he's brought college football to, to many different levels. 
you know, and, and, and the popularity of the sport and some of the changes. You know, he, he a lot of times you don't really know what he did behind the scenes. But when there was a lot of questions with Greg Sankey and those sides of things, I guarantee you he, he talked with Nick Saban and said, what do you think on this and what are we doing here? And that's the kind of value he brought that people don't know about. But as far as wins and losses and programs, he's the greatest on paper. He's the greatest college football coach in history. It's Rusty Manziel with us, guys, in the WadeFord.com hotline. We used to joke around, Rusty, about how he would sort of make a comment every year. If there's something Nick doesn't like, he would sort of passively, aggressively put it out there. Sure. Initially, oh, these up-tempo offenses, they're going to get people hurt. And then he goes and obviously gets Heisman candidates as opposed be, be to game managers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What, so he's, yeah. but he's always been that guy, whether, you know, talking about, you know, the NIL or transfer portal, but he, he's always kind of set the tone. Yes. We need to even start talking about gas prices. Because I'm telling you right now, Nick Saban might could get something done. But 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 listen, there's there's also two of this. Don't I don't want to kind of hide from this, the landscape of college football and the free agency in college football and this NIL and these things where these players are coming in every day and and trying to meet with you in these contracts and you know just my opinion that definitely probably played a part in this at the end. Like he's like, look, man, I've been doing this way too long to, to, to get into this new era of college football. I'm going to let somebody else handle this, and I, I'm going to step away with, with what I've done and, and, my, and my resume. I'm with you. Rusty, enjoy the rest of your evening. I know you're out and about. Thank you for jumping on with us, my man. We appreciate it. Uh, we wanted to get uh, your input. And everybody, again, tomorrow on the Steakhouse, Kirby Smart, his first comments about this, you're going to hear right here exclusively on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thank you, Rusty. Thanks, guys. Cool. All right. More to get to. We're going to talk with Mike Johnson. He's part of our morning shift, All-American offensive lineman for Alabama, played under Coach Saban. We're going to get his input on this. Um, guys, things just shift, and this is why we said you got to be here. We got all this NFL news that's going on, and it's big, but this is bigger right now. As a couple of listeners have told us on social media the last five minutes, you know, you got 72-year-old Pete Carroll retiring. You got 71-year-old Nick Saban retiring. Why would we want to get a 72-year-old head coach to come in here for the Falcons? Well, I said that earlier. I talked about this is why I think this is what Belichick should be doing. But I can't speak to that, Mike. I can't tell the man what to do. Hmm. Come on. It's Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, We started today talking about Bill Belichick, and I'm sure we're not done with that, which we'll get back into at some point. Then we found out as the show got started that Pete Carroll's stepping away to become an advisor. He will not coach the Seattle Seahawks. And then in the middle of the 5 o'clock hour, boom, the biggest news in a very long time in college football hits is Nick Saban is retiring, according to Chris Lowe, who reported it first. Um, We have a guy on our radio station that played at Alabama, as I like to say. And uh, he was an All-American, pretty good damn player. And Mike Johnson, appreciate you taking a few minutes with us, man, because this news, shocking to everybody around the country. Uh, and as I said to Rusty, who just joined us, Rusty Manziel, like, now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect on this, uh, your initial thoughts, because I don't think anybody expected this to happen for another few years. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, guys, where, uh, you know, once the, the news came out a year or so ago about him buying the beach house down at, you know, Jupiter Island and everything going on around that, I, I knew we were, you know, I knew we were on a downhill slide. Uh, I, I've mentioned a number of times on our show in the morning that I thought that, you know, Saban would stick around for a, 
a 12-team playoff, you know, at least take one crack at it. I feel like that's something that, you know, the, the landscape's changing. But, uh, you know, after the news broke today, I, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't shocked. Uh, there's, uh, he mentioned in his buildup to the college football playoff that, that college football has changed ten times more in the last three years than it has, you know, in his entire 25, 30 years before that. And so I think when you look at it from that angle, you kind of read between the lines and everything going on, the age he's at, um, and, and how much energy it takes to coach in college football these days uh, and, and how how youthful you have to be. And uh, once you kind of, uh, you know, take all that in, I, I don't know how shocking it actually is. We're going to hear uh, Kirby Smart, by the way, on the Steakhouse tomorrow right here on 92.9 The Game. And uh, I can't wait to get to Kirby's take on this. And, you know, it's ama- immediately, uh, in addition to first the shock and, and just, uh, I mean, just total amazement from uh, Bama Tide, Crimson Tide Nation, Mike, is who would be the guy to step in? I mean, last time you had a guy step in after the man, it was Jimbo Fisher for Bobby Bowden where it actually worked. Usually you never want to be the guy after the guy. So who do you think would be the most attractive dude to take the shoes of Nick Saban? You know, Mike, there's something that that, this, that I've changed on over the last couple of years. And I always used to say that Dabo Swinney would be the first call. He's a Bamacrat. I mean, I've met this guy at more functions, Alabama functions, than most people realize that he's even been to in the huh. last 10 years, honestly. I mean, I, I've met the guy three or four times at different Alabama events. Um, so I, I always thought Dabo would be that guy, but like I just said, college football has changed so much in the last three years that I don't know that that's him anymore. I don't know that he's the same guy he was three years ago. I don't know that he has the roster management skills that, that, you know, that is needed for this spot. So, uh, you know, I, I've heard, and I know it's already uh, kind of public, and I've heard kind of through the grapevine that Dan Lanning has already maybe received that phone call. I, I don't know that he's given an answer, but Dan Lanning, I think, is going to be A1. Um, and that's that's intriguing to me because he's young, he's youthful, he understands NIL, obviously, in and out. Uh, you know, he, he's operated a, a pretty good ship up there at Oregon. And, and, and he's, you know, he's familiar with the SEC. He's familiar with Alabama. He's familiar with Georgia. So I think that's an intriguing name. But you have to have somebody with that energy, right? You have to have somebody that, that's willing to, to go through this every single year at the college level and be able to restack your roster. Because um, these, these guys that have been doing it a long time, I think a lot of them are going to start stepping away and saying, man, I just don't, I just don't have it anymore. I agree. It, it's a grind. I was just talking about this the other day. Mike Johnson, our guest, he's with the Morning Shift guys. Listen every morning here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 6 to 9, along with our buddy Bo Morgan, uh, Tiffany. They do a terrific job. You played, and, I, and I'm not saying this to like, you know, but, but when you start reflecting, Mike, and you know in sports, you, we do this, right? You, you played for the greatest college football coach in the history of college football. So what was that like? Because that is really the question now as this will become a memory for the guys who had that experience. Not everybody at Alabama, Alabama got a chance to play for championships. A lot of you guys did. But what was it like to play for him? You know, Carl, it's, it's one of those things that, I, listen, I'm, I'm sure as, as time goes on, I'm going to get probably you know, choked up tomorrow morning talking about it. Um, and, and, and honestly, I was fortunate in a lot of ways, Carl, where I actually played and was recruited under Mike Shula. And a lot of people say, well, that's not fortunate. You know, you went through a, a rough patch and him getting fired. I was fortunate because it made me value Nick Saban that much more, mm. right? It, you, you saw how it didn't work and how it didn't come together and the struggles that you did have. And then once you got a guy in there that knew what he was doing and had the blueprint and knew how to get the most out of you, it, it allowed us to kind of put, you know, the pedal to the metal and all move forward, uh, all as one as a football team. So I think for stories, 
And at the time, you know, everything he said to you at the time, he's your football coach, right? You soak it in. You try to, you know, get to the next level. And over the last few years, Carl, every time I think back on a story or a line he said or, or you know, some kind of a direction that he gave us, it means that much more. Uh, because, like you said, he is the greatest college football coach of all time. We always, when I was recruited, everything you heard about was Bear Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. was This Bear Bryant story, this Bear Bryant picture. You know, Bear Bryant Drive, Bear Bryant Lane, Bear Bryant Stadium, everything's Bear Bryant. And now it's Nick Saban. And I, I had a chance to be there, man. I, I will forever be grateful for what uh, he did for my life. I actually talked to Randy McMichael two weeks ago. Randy played for a man in Miami. When he, when he had a chance to talk to Nick Saban, Nick said, how you doing? And he said, Coach, I'm still living off the blessings you gave me. And I, I couldn't have said it any better, my friend. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> First team All-American for two years at Alabama. Mike Johnson, hear him on the morning shift with Tiffin uh, and Squid right here on 92.9 The Game, getting his reaction as the, uh, the bombshell that Nick Saban, speaking to his team earlier today, then announcing his retirement from uh, coaching college football. You know, we, we talked about the innovations, you know, the, uh, fr- from, you know, moving for along from like more of a pro style to up-tempo from all the players he put in the NFL, you know, changing the culture there. I mean, it just seems like we have a, a good friend of ours, uh, Corey Miller, whose son went to play there, and he talks about going into Saban's office. He presses that remote control button. The door closes behind. It's like you're going to see the godfather. And he says, you put the work in, you're going to go to the NFL. Is, is that basically how it went? Pretty much. You know, I, I, I've told the story before on the morning shift, guys, where, uh, you know, my mom uh, actually, uh, she, she requested a meeting with Nick Saban. We talked about it in a meeting uh, last week. My mom requested a meeting with Nick Saban, and she got the button pushed on her. She, I didn't even know this was happening. I, guys, she calls me, and she's like, hey, you know, I felt bad that I didn't tell you this, but by the way, I'm in Tuscaloosa. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to class right now. I got, you know, I got, I got mad drills later. Yeah, I, I just I felt bad. I requested a meeting with Coach Saban. I knew you wouldn't like it. Oh. I'm like, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to like it. You know, that's, I have – heck, I barely met the guy, right? Uh, and so – uh, you know, my, my mom goes to me. I said, well, look, call me after. Uh, mom goes to me. And she said, you know, and my mom's, a, listen, my mom's a powerful woman. She's like a lot of moms. And she walked out. She said, you know, I, I didn't expect it, but, God, I was intimidated. <laughs> she said, I walked in, and he hit the button, and I thought, my God, what have I gotten myself into? But uh, he laid out the blueprint for her, right? He told her how he was going to take care of me, what all he was going to do for me, and, and how he was going to be a father figure to this team. And, and in a lot of ways, he was. He he called up me the next morning, guys, and he said, uh, I said, Coach, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, she's being a little overbearing, and, and, and that's my bad. And he looked at me and he said, Mike, we've all got moms, brother. It's okay. Yeah. And I said, I just uh, – I'll always, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Well, that's one of many stories, Mike, I'm sure, that you're going to share tomorrow on the morning shift as we reflect on Nick Saban. If you're just joining us and you're going, Dukes and Bell, what's going on? Nick Saban is retiring the news broke this hour, and we are certainly reacting to it as it's huge news, not only for Alabama and Alabama fans, but also for the SEC. And uh, we know this is SEC country. And I just think, you know, um, Mike and I, it's so crazy, Mike, before we let you go, we have joked about this for five years, right? Like, well, what happens when Saban <laughs> retires? And Alabama fans get so mad. He ain't Let's, never going to retire. Yeah. He, they'll, they'll put him out there, and he, they, they get so crazy. And now – it's the reality. And so we'll see what happens. Alabama has major decisions. And I'm with you, Mike. Dan Lanning, unique, young, energetic, right. gets it, has shown he can handle a major program. I, I don't know if he takes the job, but I'll say this. That's an upgrade. Like, it's hard to say, hey, Oregon's a really good job, and where would you go to leave Oregon? That's where you'd go.
So I, yeah. I'm totally agreeing with you. Hey, man, appreciate you. Have a great night. We'll be listening tomorrow morning uh, at 6 a.m., brother. Hey, guys, I don't know if I've ever said this on this station, but i got to say it today. Roll Tide, buddy. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> well, you, you get to. And the other thing, and just real quick, uh, we, we talked about this on Twitter, but just for the guys on our radio audience and ladies, uh, it was Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports, and then Rusty put it out there. Because Nick Saban retires, Carl, there is some rule in place that Alabama Crimson Tide football players get an extra 30 days to explore the transfer portal. So basically, and they will. Yeah, I mean, it's because the coach, the guy that recruited me, everything that you know, all these guys have uh, I've been talking about is no, is no longer there. That's common sense. So, could you imagine? I mean, some Bama fans got to feel like there's a death in the family right now. There is. You have owned the college football world for 20 years, right? Going back to when he took the job, what has it been? 17, 18 years, Mike? Whatever it's been, you, you've owned this, and you don't know if that's going to be the case now. You don't know where this is going. I don't know if everybody leaves. I don't think that'll be the case, Mike. It's still Alabama, and they got to see who. And this is why they have to get this coach now. They cannot clown around. These kids need to know who's coming in, who's taking over, what are we going to look like, and then you'll figure it out. But I think that's the beauty of the portal, right? That's the beauty of the new rules. You shouldn't be stuck if Nick Saban leaves and you, you, you have no out. What I don't like is that you also shouldn't be able to change schools every other year. And that's the part that, you know, again, no guardrails or whatever. But it is what it is. Nick Saban retiring, guys, and we're talking about it with you. So, Greg Byrne on the phone, you would imagine burning up the phone lines, pardon the pun, to get it done. And imagine if you're, like, not that we care out here in the southeast, but if you're an Oregon fan, Taggart left Oregon after a year for his dream job. Cristobal leaves Oregon after after a while for his dream job. And, again, Lanny with his, his experience there as an assistant, along with Kirby and, and Nick Saban, would be certainly, obviously, a job you couldn't say no to. All right, we're coming back. we got plenty more to get to. Crazy day. And we're glad you're here. All right, when we come back, we're going to review what we know about this decision with Nick Saban stepping away and retiring. We'll tell you about Pete Carroll, what he said today, because he spoke to the media as he steps away from the Seattle Seahawks. And more on the Falcons' head coaching search. Oh, it's Dukes and Bell. <laughs> hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 